Hi there, and welcome to the Bits and Bobs podcast, the most value-adding podcast you have ever chance to listen to. I'm Alima Audrey, your host for the show and the CEO and founder of Bits and Bobs, now and hopefully forever. If this is your first time tuning in, a very big and warm welcome, and I sincerely hope that this is the start of a very mutually beneficial relationship. Once again, my name is Elima, and I am your one and only host for the show. And now, um, I've been reading a book, and the book I'm reading is called Agdi. Now, you'd think this is a very unusual topic for a book. But um, it came highly, highly recommended. Um, it was written by Constance Briscoe. Um, she was a barrister, or she is still a barrister. Um, and hers is a very interesting story as far as, um, you know, rising from the ashes is concerned. So this book will be the particular focus of this podcast, not the focus as such, but I would say that's where I drew my inspiration from. Um, so as I'm sitting here relaxed and um, drinking my Irish cream, which says here is specially selected um, from my favorite shop, supermarket, Aldi. Like if you listen to my previous podcast about ducks and, eagle and eagles, you'll know that um, I do most of my shopping at Aldi and will continue to do so because of a certain young lady there who inspired me. Um, which brings me to this very unrelated question. I mean, how do you normally, for those who drink Irish cream, how do you normally have yours diluted? Um, I found my holy grail of dilution to be almond milk. Now, this is after trying all sorts. And um, I tried ice, uh, neat on ice. I tried dairy milk. I tried oat milk, I tried rice milk, I tried coconut milk, I tried ice cream even. And someone even suggested some custard. I was like, nope, I'm going to draw the line at ice cream. So, um, but obviously through self-awareness and, you know, listening to my taste buds and um, kind of feeling what it is that, um, that I'm preferring, the taste that is going down really well. Um, I settled on the almond milk. Now, one could refer this as um, self-awareness and self-love. And self-love is essentially defined as having a high regard for your own well-being and happiness. Or, as stated by my daughter when I asked her so eloquently, she said, self-love, mummy, is spending time with your friends, organizing yourself, and living a healthy lifestyle. Now, back to that book that I was talking about called Agri, um, which was um, described by the Daily Mail as utterly extraordinary. Um, essentially, it is about, uh, it's a harrowing tale of um, the abuse that Constance Briscoe endured from her own mother, physically and emotionally throughout her childhood. childhood. Um, she apparently was regularly beaten and starved and um, she got to the point that she was so desperate, she took herself off to social services and tried to get herself into care. 
Um, obviously, they refused because um, that isn't the normal procedure. However, when Constance was 13 years old, her mother simply moved out of the house, leaving her daughter to fend for herself with no gas, no electricity and no food. Now, despite this horrendous start to life, somehow Constance found the courage to survive this terrible, terrible start in her life. So this is the story of how she managed to pull herself from the ashes, like I mentioned before. And I can, it can only be described as a large amount of self-love that she had, that despite whatever she went through, um, she still did not forget who she was. She knew she was worthy. And that last bit of hope that she had left remaining gave her the strength to pull herself up from that and become one of the most esteemed female barristers here in the United Kingdom. Um, so because of that, um, this will be the foundation of our topic, which I'm sure you have now figured out is all about self-love and self-care. So basically self-love and self-care, which we defined before as having high regard for your own well-being and happiness, or like my daughter said, spending time with your friends, whichever way you look at it is all good. <laughs> Um, and um, self-love, especially here in the 21st century, it has been conceptualized as a basic human necessity. Um, but obviously you will find other scholars, other people, other, other academics out there regarding self-love as a moral flaw, um, which they say is synonymous with conceit, with selfishness, with vanity even. Um, and just, um, you know, being outright self-centeredness. Um, as a child, apparently, you quickly learn that loving yourself is the same as being conceited and selfish. You're always taught to consider others' needs first before your own. Um, and uh, think of others, society will tell you. Um, it will be fun. It says, if you think of others first, love thy neighbor, the church and Bible admonish. But what nobody seems to remember is to love themselves. Now, I've noticed as far as um, self-love, love yourself, uh, you know, do you, all these sort of phrases are just thrown around. You only need to go on Instagram or Google self-love on, um, on any search engine and you will find countless memes about loving yourself, blah, blah, blah. But what no one actually tells you is how you can go about doing this. It, it's almost as if the assumption is that everyone knows how to love themselves. But you'll be very surprised to know that very few people know exactly how to do that only because society tends to mold people into the way that you would, they, that it would ideally, I mean, make you conform to what society wants rather. So um, the Bible does state too that you should love others as you love yourself. So obviously it means that you can only love other people if you love yourself. So loving yourself is imperative. You cannot pour from an empty cup. I'm sure this has been thrown around a lot of times and this is essentially what it means. 
Giving love to others is directly related to how much love you have for yourself. So this is key. If you want to go about loving other people, loving your neighbor, you need to know how to love yourself first. So really, the question remains, how can we go about this business of loving ourselves, this selfish and conceited business of loving ourselves? How can we do it? And as far as I've seen, to do this, we need to um, understand what love itself is. A good friend of mine insists that love is money. I won't take that away from her, fair enough. But for the purpose of this presentation, why don't we try this one, this one definition for size, that love is the ability and willingness to allow those you care for to be what they choose for themselves without any insistence on satisfying you. I'm going to repeat this. Love is the ability and willingness to allow those you care for to be what they choose for themselves without any insistence to satisfy you. How can you get to that point? One of my favorite authors, Dr. Wayne Dyer, in his best-selling book, self-help book called Erroneous Zones, insists that if it is all very simple, it's not as complicated apparently as we all um, make it out to be. He says here, by loving yourself and feeling that you are important, worthy and beautiful, just the way you are, what and all. This is how you go about loving yourself, by believing and feeling that you are important and that you are worthy and beautiful just the way you are. Not when you have that hairstyle, not when your skin is clear or after you shed a couple of um, kilos and pounds from your thighs and other regions of your body. His rationale is that if you're secure in yourself, you neither want nor need others to be like you. So if you're secure in yourself, there's no need for you to insist that others satisfy you, your version or your perspective on what things should be like. This, I must say, hit me square in the face, just like, you know, Wally, the cabbie, when he listened to one of those motivators on the, on the radio. Um, it, it looks like Wayne Dyer seems to have that effect on people, doesn't he? So it just looks like self-love therefore begins entirely on self-acceptance. You need to accept yourself first and then you can love yourself. After you love yourself, only and only then can you love others. In the spirit of self-love, once again, um, what we'll do today, um, I'm sure you'll agree with me that self-love is an all-encompassing um, paradox. There's a lot more to it than just loving yourself. And I want to break it down so you understand exactly the practical tips and practical ways that you can go about loving yourself. So for the moment, what we'll do is um, we will talk about um, today or rather I will, um, what self-love normally looks like. So I'm just going to sort of power through 
um, the actions and the, um, the things that people do who are good with their self-love, so to say. So, um, in addition to the self-acceptance that we mentioned with uh, just before and when we were introducing the self-love concept and um, trying to define what love actually is, uh, we um, confirmed and um, concluded that self-love begins entirely on self-acceptance. So once you accept yourself, the other ways that you can uh, manifest the self-love is um, obviously if you self um, if you accept yourself, then you are naturally going to be assertive about your needs. Um, and when we say assertive, um, we mean that you are able to communicate your needs clearly um, without being a doormat. And, uh, but in a way that does not offend other people. There's a fine line between being assertive and being aggressive. We will speak all about that in an entirely different podcast episode. <laughs> I mean, assertiveness is another 21st century skill that you really need. And um, we will talk about it in length. So... Um, once you accept yourself, you naturally become assertive. You are able to communicate your needs um, and without inf- offending anyone or sacrificing your own well-being, like we said. The other thing is when you love yourself, you trust your intuition. Um, I don't know if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, as an African woman, I've noticed that um, as we grow up, we are taught otherwise. Um, we are told we are taught how to adapt, especially because the African society is a very patriarchal society. So we are taught to adapt to whichever male figure is present in our lives. Uh, someone once asked why women mature faster than men, and I I maintain that we don't mature faster than men, but we get punished for the same actions that are glorified in men. So we learn, it's, it's more like a survival tactic that we sort of adopt from the trauma that could ensure if we are found to be doing those same things. Um, in that same way, we are able to enforce healthy boundaries especially in relationships, um, if we trust our intuition, we are able to enforce healthy boundaries and um, we are able to communicate, like we said, being assertive, communicate what we need if it's in a relationship context or what we don't need or what we don't want. And again, you can only know what you want if you're self-aware. So it goes back straight again to what we spoke about before, self-love, self-acceptance, self-awareness. They all, you can't have one without the other. Um, the other way that you can know that you actually love yourself is because you are trying, even subconsciously, you are always looking to develop yourself further. Likewise, you are able to accept constructive feedback 
so this is the only one of the many ways one of the most effective ways that you can learn and improve yourself is by accepting constructive feedback um, and um, we will talk about this again in an entirely possibly possibly under the assertiveness um, we can look at ways at ways we can respond to constructive feedback because feedback especially just because it's called constructive doesn't mean it's pleasant to hear more often than not it is something that we don't actually want to hear but we are forced to sort of pay attention to so under assertiveness we are going to speak more in length on how to give and receive constructive feedback the other way that you can self-love is respect yourself and to take yourself seriously and I will refer back to that young lady from Wally, the cab driver story, the Ducks and the Eagles podcast. The young lady who took herself so seriously, even when she was working in very adverse conditions. So taking yourself seriously is respecting yourself, is realizing that you are worthy and you have something to contribute to the world at large. Once you do that, you are respecting yourself and we're talking about taking yourself seriously in all the roles in your life. Um, if you're a mother, taking yourself seriously as a role as a mother. Um, I have always taken my role as a mother quite seriously. Um, I mean, I must admit, most times I'm just winging it. But at best, I am not afraid to ask for advice from other seasoned mothers. Um, for instance, um, there are many resources available now. Um, I follow a certain page on um, Instagram that is called Intentional Parenting and it is very, very candid and it tells you how to speak to your child, to communicate and uh, how to be an intentional parent um, basically. I will post the link on the um, description box if anyone wishes to follow through and uh, see for themselves exactly what I'm talking about. Now, taking yourself seriously, your role as a mother, as a father, as a brother, as a sister, as a wife or husband, as a spouse, as a sibling, anything at all. Just taking yourself seriously, um, your career, wherever you are, you go there and you make sure that you're giving it your best shot. And like we mentioned before in the Ducks and Eagles, your best is going to be different from day to day. But... The most important thing is that you do your best every time so you don't have any regrets or shame or any guilt that is left behind. You also acknowledge your feelings and um, recognize them for what they are. And when you do have negative feelings, you do not chastise yourself. You are kind to yourself, um, e even when you behave in an unsavory manner, like I mentioned before in one of my posts, if you follow my Instagram page. Um, you don't loathe yourself after you engage in any unsavory actions. Instead, you develop positive feelings and learn from the errors and resolve not to repeat those errors again. Now, I know of a lady who went each time she got dumped, um, she would insist on some feedback from the dumper. <laughs> Um, on when she went wrong or if it was anything to do with her. And then as she went along in her relationships, she made sure that she learned from each and every mistake that she made or even learning from other people's mistakes. 
and I'd, I'd love to know where she is right now. It should be very interesting. The other way that you don't, uh, that you practice self-love is not complaining unnecessarily. I mean, especially about things that you cannot change. There are some things that you can change, and of which if you complain about them, then it's just a waste of time. You just go ahead and change whatever it is that you can change. Um, devise an action plan of some sort and just tackle that problem head on. Um, the other thing is not complaining unnecessarily to people who can't help you. I mean, I know we have a tendency to vent, but um, sometimes it can be unnecessarily venting, especially if you're telling it to someone who cannot help you and um, or if you're not willing to accept any advice or any way to resolve your situation. It can actually be a sort of an abusive practice if you carry on and um, vent and complain to someone who you're not going to accept help from or you know isn't going to be able to assist you. Um, we spoke about self-awareness before and knowledge of your strengths and weaknesses. The one way you can do this is do an active SWOT analysis and just, you know, ask your family and friends and anyone close around you what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. So at the same time you're focusing on your strengths, you're also looking to um, sort of change and amend your weaknesses or to change them somehow into strengths. Um, as well, when you are in love with yourself, you have a strong sense of purpose. Now, a strong sense of purpose is a, it's a broad statement, I understand. Something that we will not delve into right now. But what I can tell you is, if you want to get a sad sense of self-purpose, you have to look within and the best way you can do this is to go back to the very basics of self-love, which is self-care. So you need that self-care, those practical things that you can do to actively self-care to kind of boost your connection to your purpose. And um, self-care now is uh, it's going to be the second part of this um, segment. We're going to speak about but what self-care looks like. We're going to speak to some experts in each individual area, taking care of your physical body or taking care of your hair. For example, if you're a woman, hair is such a big deal. Taking care of your skin, your health, your nutrition, your mental and emotional health as well. So be very, very excited. That will be a banger that will be it will be another totally different segment i will see if i can do depending on how much information we can sort of gather we will try and um, condense everything as much as possible like i said i am trying to see if i can deliver these podcasts as succinctly as possible because i know you're all busy and i do not want to bore you and i want you to take in every little bit of information that i give out to you now, um, the other thing you can do, or we can say self-love manifests itself. I mean, um, all these millennials, they talk about the five love languages, blah, 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 blah. So this is essentially how you give and receive love, the best ways that you can give and receive love. 
there's all this training and there are even books about this where you are told that your love language is this, your love language is that, blah, blah, blah. And um, instead of communicating this love language to another person why don't you communicate that love language to yourself so the five languages that we speak of are acts of service gift giving physical touch quality time and words of affirmation so with all this we are going to discuss this in depth as well and um, so you're essentially love languaging yourself instead of love languaging someone else. Whatever strength you have, you're going to direct it back to yourself. If it's physical touch, taking your time when you're slathering that lotion, expansions of sanctuary spa or anything from Kudzi Peps or whatever, collagen body lotion. You're just making sure you're slathering it and you're feeling your skin and you are present in the moment sounds amazing <laughs> um, and last but not least you have strong connections with your family and friends now building relationships is a skill on all on its own I will see where I can fit that in but having strong connections means you are good at building relationships so that you can establish that connection you can only have a strong connection if you have a sense of worth, a sense of purpose, and you know who exactly you are. So we will speak again in length, but on the whole, these are the ways that you, okay, we can say this is what self-love looks like. On the other end of the spectrum, we will also look at what self-loathing looks like. Now, self-loathing, so you can kind of have a comparison. Placing other people's needs and opinions ahead of your own. That is what we mean. I think that would be the opposite of being assertive. So being passive-aggressive or just being passive, being a doormat and just putting other people's needs ahead of your own. If you remember in our introduction, we mentioned that self-love, it is a conceptualized uh, skill a modern skill which is now become a human basic need but can sometimes be misconstrued with selfishness and conceit. Um, Self-loathing also looks like putting other people on pedestals, thinking that other people are more special than you are and you are not worthy. I'm just going to take a sip of my Irish cream. Um, the other thing that self-loathing looks like is being terrified of rejection. So as a result, you find yourself doing everything in your power to avoid relationships. Now, you cannot build a strong relationship, a strong connection with anyone if you are so terrified of rejection. So it's either one or the other. They are not, they are not mutually conclusive, exclusive, I beg your pardon. Self-loathing also looks like someone who hates spending time alone. I know quite a few people who cannot function normally unless they're around other people. So they're very, they, they come across as very outgoing, very fun and extroverted out there. But you find that they are rarely on their own. They're not comfortable with being alone. They absolutely do not know what to do with themselves. I mean, you can tell straight away that they're not self-aware and they don't actually want to know that's another way that you can tell that 
you are a self-loathing person if you can't stand to be alone and you would always rather be with other people if you give up easily that's another sign of self-loathing uh, if something doesn't work out the way you want it to and then you just give up and just you know just shelve it and think of other ways to make yourself feel good if you're overly competitive if you neglect your health, um, if you don't watch what you eat, you don't go to regular checkups, you don't take your medication as you're supposed to, no exercising even though you do need it. I've always said that if doctors could prescribe exercise the same way they, ex ex um, they prescribe um, pills or medication, you know, like they say, okay, Alima, uh, you're suffering with depression, so the only surefire way of curing it is if you exercise a bit more so if you have a run five mile run three times a day you should be right as cakes in two weeks i promise you people would be indulging in it this is something to actively look at rather than to just prescribe pills and medication i feel like exercise and healthy eating should also be prescribed other ways self-loathing manifests itself if you're a people pleaser and don't trust your intuition you always dumb it down and you just go ahead with other people well you always um, value what other people tell you you're more comfortable with having someone else tell you what to do rather than yourself if you're self-critical um that's also another way of knowing but it's it's hard to not be self-critical especially if you do something wrong but like i said before if you do engage in any unsavory behaviors the best way is to acknowledge them for what they are you know pan for gold and that is you look for what you can learn from every situation and then resolve never to repeat the same mistake or incident again if you don't like pictures of yourself ah this is a tricky one if you don't like being taken pictures of yourself and if you do you always have to put to snapchat or instagram filter <laughs> i know this is a touchy one i will try not to trade on anyone's toes <laughs> but yes if you cannot stand to look at yourself in your natural your natural natural self then you know i mean i know you're inundated with self um, with filters everywhere facebook has filters whatsapp even has filters i mean these are the main social media sites and all our lives are on social media we have to admit now it's all digital especially in this covid 19 era everything is digital now we're more comfortable online than we are in person i mean but it's good to once in a while post a picture of yourself looking natural or as you really really are without putting that snapchat filter. i'm very comfortable with looking myself in the mirror with or without makeup i'm also posting online even with my cornrows without my wig on i am so comfortable i can do it any day anytime with anyone <laughs> The other way is if you accept bad treatment from people, even when you recognize it for what it is. Uh, some people will do anything to be associated with certain people, with a certain caliber of people, and um, including accepting very bad behavior, um, which I think is quite sad. Um, I, I've, I've trained myself. My mom always used to tell me as I was growing up, she's like, train yourself to fall in love with a man who gives you attention and worships the ground you walk on and you know i've tried to maintain that as far as possible 
um, in my growing life. so that was another way of saying that you need to associate yourself with people who are for you. You know, your vibe attracts your tribe, you know, all these things. They, so if you love yourself, you will naturally attract people who love themselves as well and will consequently love you. And like we said before, you cannot pour from an empty cup. The other way you can self-loathe is rejecting compliments directed at you. Um, you sometimes make up excuses for why you look nice or you've done something wrong. You're like, oh no, it was because of this, if it wasn't for who, and so, and so, and so. Then you need to own it. And when I say own it, I mean absolutely own it. If you've done something good, if someone compliments you, accept it graciously, take it and run with it. Um, the other way that you can manifest self-loathing in the art of lovemaking if you're in a relationship of some sort um, is if you, you're you not too bothered about having orgasms. Now, this is where men are very good at self-love. They will make sure <laughs> that you know it goes the way they want it to. As a woman, you also should be aware of your body you should know which buttons to press or which buttons your partner should press and you should be able to be assertive about your needs communicate these to him or her and uh, make sure that you get to that happy place as far as possible and as many times as your partner does self-loathing can um also uh, manifest in when people give themselves pet names, you know, pet, pet names that aren't necessarily flattering, you know, like midget or funny face or shorty. I mean, it can be that you are actually short and you are like midget size, but there's no justification for calling yourself a midget. You are what you are. And if you remember, we spoke about self-acceptance and it's just standing there and accepting that this is me, this is my body. I'm gonna be in this body for eternity. And I am choosing to accept myself and love myself for eternity. So don't give yourself pet names, guys. Call yourself, if your name is Elima, call yourself Elima. If your name is Delicious, call yourself Delicious. Whatever your name is, insist on it. In the same breath, we have, especially in the 20, um, in the third and first world countries, if you come from other parts of the world it can be difficult sometimes for people of a certain um who speak certain languages to pronounce your name and i've noticed some people also go to the extent of shortening their names or giving them different themselves different names altogether just to make the other people comfortable um i i've always said that you should insist on making people realize and teaching them how to pronounce your name the correct way. There's no glory in trying to make people comfortable around you. I mean, it's your name, it's your birth name, it's what you're known as. So just tell them, no, my name is Elima, not Alma or Elina or anything else. It's Elima. And once you just show them how it's pronounced, I mean, I can accept shortcuts, but if it's changing your name entirely, then I wouldn't accept that. I wouldn't um, myself so but it does differ from person to person the other way that self-loathing um, I've read this in um, 
in an article somewhere online and it says that being a slave to your mobile phone and not allowing yourself to have some true quality time. So it is necessary to switch off from your mobile phone, especially now. I mean, we understand that all our lives, you have your wallet on your mobile phone, you have your emails, you have this, you have that. Everything is on the um, on the mobile phone, but it is necessary. If it's time to sleep, it's time to sleep. Switch off your mobile phone and sleep. If it's time to spend quality time with your lo loved ones, just put it away. And we spoke about the cell phone etiquette in our Ma Manners Make It The Man um, podcast. So if you can go back, if you want to find out more about cell phone etiquette, we went into length. I even put, um, produced a second, uh, an additional segment on cell phone etiquette just to kind of drive that point home that you do not, um, the things you can and can do to kind of wean yourself from your phone and the things you can and can do around other people so you can give them your full your um, undivided attention and like we mentioned there's a hierarchy of communication and face-to-face -face communication is right at the top and last but not least is um being neglectful of your emotional mental and physical health like I said, we are the segment, the self-love is a very important segment. This is like the holy grail of um, basic needs. And um, I want to really make sure that you understand how and when you can exercise self-love. I mean, it is thrown around everywhere, but we need to make sure that we know exactly what we're talking about. So we're going to have separate segments for physical health. We're going to have a separate segment for emotional health. We're going to have um, separate segments for um, mental health as well. And I will try my very best to find industry experts that we can that I can sort of sit down and speak with um, and um, engage with so we can um, uh, talk about it at length and kind of cover as much area as possible. Now, this, is, um, this concludes um, what, we, what I have managed to find out about what self-love looks like and what self-loathing looks like. So in the next um, segment of this whole self-love episode, I will talk about how we can cultivate it. It's pretty much, I've, I've touched on it and on if, um, when we were looking at what self-love looks like. Um, but more so, I'm going to delve more into the concept of how you can love language yourself, the actions that you can do, and how you can how you can practice loving yourself using the five love languages that we are always getting drummed in ourselves, so we can um, so we can communicate it to our spouses and our relationships can be all hunky dory. So that's what I'm going to concentrate more on. And um, we are going to look at um, what the ideal person would look like if they love themselves. So uh, let me know if you want this in the next week or in the next fortnight so you can have time to digest all I've spoken about today. If you have any additions and subtractions, remember I am always open to that. I am on most platforms. I am on Twitter. I am on Instagram. And, and, each on, and, in, each, and in each uh, 
on each and every podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. There is always a section to subscribe and send direct messages. So if there's anything that you want to add, anything you want to subtract, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, let me know and I will organize that and we can have a little chat any constructive feedback like I said I am very open to constructive feedback any reviews anything you want me to improve on let me know and I should be able to accommodate you like I'm always saying this podcast really is for you I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you my listeners so thank you so much for listening in today whenever wherever thank you don't forget to subscribe and to follow um favorite my podcast so that you don't miss any episode the most easiest way is to follow my facebook page which is bits and bobs podcast um i will put all links in the description box so that you can access them easily and quickly um follow so that you don't miss an episode or if you want to go back and listen to the other podcast episodes that i have um, done before you can always do that Once again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening and I will catch you on the next segment of self-love. Thank you and take good care of yourselves.